0: Welcome back to another edition of Unwritten Rules, an Iowa Cubs podcast. I'm Beth Niesfern, marketing manager here at the Iowa Cubs, and I'll be one of your hosts this week, along with media relations manager, Colin Connolly. To listen to all of our past episodes, be sure to subscribe to the Unwritten Rules podcast on Spotify, Amazon Music, and Apple and Google Podcasts. And while you're there, rate the podcast, leave us a review, let us know how we're doing. And as always, you can find more information on the podcast by heading over to our website, www.iowacubs.com. Colin and I are excited to welcome a very special guest on this week's episode of Unwritten Rules. She is the coordinator of digital communications and media relations for the Colorado Rockies. She's also the person that paved the way for the two of us in our current roles. Many of you will know her best as the former director of media relations with us here at the Iowa Cubs. We're excited to welcome Shelby Cravens back to the podcast today. Shelby, you've been a host on this podcast, and now you get to be on as our guest. So thanks for catching up with us. How's everything going? I am honored. Thank you. It's so good to
1: um, know it's a podcast so they can't see our faces, but I can see your faces right now. And it's very exciting for me. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, things are things are good. It's uh, nice to see familiar faces and Denver has been great and the Rockies have been good. And yeah, we're we're taking it day by day.
2: Nice. I'm glad to hear everything's going well, Shelby. Um, One thing I was curious about was the transition from minor league baseball to major league baseball um, and just how that all has kind of gone. And I'm sure the media is a little bit larger there than what you're used to here. um, A little bit bigger than just Tommy Birch. Uh, So um, just talk about the media aspect a little bit. And then also now you're traveling with the team, too, as well. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: So how is just traveling on and then I guess the new, um, the new media, bigger media aspect being in the majors compared to your time here in Des Moines?
1: Yeah, I felt, feel like my experience with the Iowa Cubs prepared me very, very well for what I came into with the Colorado Rockies. I think, you know, a lot of the job is the same. I'm doing game notes, uh, you know, helping write press releases, dealing with player transactions, facilitating interviews with media. Um, it's just a little bit bigger scale, a um, lot, more, lot more interviews to be coordinated, a um, few more media members, things like that. There's, you know, the manager does a lot more media stuff every day. And so it's kind of the same, kind of different. It's a little bit different of a routine because it's a different organization. Um, and then it's a little more focused for me. Now I'm almost it, exclusively dealing with media relations. Um, and kind of there's a little bit of crossover, but I'm not doing social media anymore. I'm not doing a whole lot of community, not, you know, not in the marketing stuff. I get to kind of focus on one thing every day instead of doing 27 other things, which was great experience. And, you know, it was fun to do all of those things, the Iowa Cubs. um, It helps a little bit to not be pulled in a ton of different directions. So it's a little more focused. Um, I think one of the big differences also is just working with a team of PR people. And then we have a social media team and there's just a few, few more people to carry the weight and a few more resources at this level. Um, Colin will relate to this, you know, stat finding for game notes was like, we kept all of our own spreadsheets in Iowa. We were doing like going manually through box scores to try to find a good note and all this stuff. Now I have like 10 different stat websites that I can just go in or just shoot an email to someone. And it's, it's a dream. I can find literally every note I could ever want. And it's so much fun to do that.
0: So I noticed you said that, um, no social media. I know you're probably broken hearted over that. (laughs) Well, that was your favorite part of the job here, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You'd see my face now during this podcast. Um, you know, it was one of those things, particularly through the pandemic, because once the pandemic hit, you are no longer dealing with like just posting good performances and lineups and scores and things like that. Like the, the content didn't organically create itself. You weren't posting the pictures from last night and things like that. I was really forced to be creative and to just have a little more fun with it because you had, there wasn't any promotions to put out or anything like that. And so I got to a place where I really kind of enjoyed that aspect. The, Day I left Iowa and someone said, We're not going to give you the social media passwords. You don't need to do anything. Um, I have never looked back at it. <laughs> <laughs> I do not, and I'll talk to, um, there was actually a social media manager that was hired at the same time and I was with Colorado. And she's the best, Erin a- Hodges. She worked with the Rays before, super creative. And her and I will bounce ideas and everything and I'll throw some stuff her way, but not having to, like, I can have one good idea every two weeks and not have to worry about, okay, today, I don't know what I'm going to post today. Like I had something good yesterday, but I can't think of what I'm doing today. And, um, Beth, you've done a great job taking that over and I don't miss doing that to be completely honest.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, Colin can tell me if he disagrees, but I mean, so for the fans that don't know, we essentially took Shelby's job, which she said was 27 different things and split it into two roles with Colin taking the media relations, you know, dealing with the clubhouse, all that kind of stuff, that side of things. And I took more of the traditional marketing side with the website and the social media, email, all that stuff. Um, and I, I look at my day to day now and the directions that I feel I get pulled in and wonder how you did my job plus Colin's job for essentially five years here. And Colin, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know how you found enough time in the 24 hours of a day to do all that. So that is kudos to you for sure. Thank you. Uh,
1: there were definitely some days that were better than others. Um, and there were some days when it was, you know, things were getting done. Were they getting done well to my standards? Sometimes no, but you know, that's when all those things hit at once, you kind of have no choice and it was just getting things done. And also you guys are dealing with a whole different set of issues that I never did with particularly Colin with the COVID restrictions and the whole different, I mean, Colin and I talked a lot when he was coming in on just kind of how things have been done in the past and how we're doing things now. And it's a whole different scenario with the changeover of minor leagues. You guys are playing in a whole new league. You know, there are just so many different things that it's almost a new job now.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely been interesting. I knew it would be a transition and you left some uh, notes for me along the way. Um, And I tried. (laughs) Yeah, no, it it was great. It helped me a ton. I think my favorite was uh, not just like the question marks from those of who I don't know who we send transactions to, or I don't know who we're going to get that from anymore, or how that's going to go. But um, yeah, it's definitely been a lot. But as Beth said, um, getting to opening day and through opening day, I didn't think I would survive it. And I remember texting you and saying like, I made it. And like you're saying, I don't think it was the standard that you left behind or that I necessarily wanted, but um, we made it through it alive and I don't know how you did both, but uh, it's been, it's been good.
0: Sometimes Mm -hmm. just surviving is, is the hardest part. So you've done it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. We're alive.
0: Making it to opening day was an accomplishment in itself. Definitely. Um, So, I mean, kind of going along those lines with opening day, I mean, you, when you took your job with Colorado Rockies and you left here, you essentially were jumping into the start of the Major League Baseball season. There wasn't a lot of transition time for you to kind of get your feet under you. Um, you dealt with new protocols just as much as we did, and health and safety measures, all that good stuff. And, and with all of that, I, I heard through the grapevine. I'm not going to throw my source under the bus here, but I heard that your first week, you know, you got there, you had to go through some of those protocols yourself, and um, it was maybe a more interesting first impression. Memorable, maybe, we'll say that. Um, what exactly happened on your first week? How did that go for you?
1: Um, no pun intended, but it was a little, my first few days were a little rocky. Um, <laughs> so I drove in, yeah, the chaos of, I lived in Des Moines for over five years. I'd been in the same apartment the whole time. Um, just moving in itself is just such a chaotic process and leaving you guys behind and my, I mean, that was just, I knew I was, I was excited for this next step, but I knew it was the right, right move for me, but that was just so hard to leave. So I drove to Colorado on a Saturday with a friend, packed my car, drove to Colorado. My first day of work was Monday and opening day was Thursday. Um, you know, half the people I worked with in my department were still in spring training. So I never met anyone in person, um, like really getting thrown to the fire there of Great, I'd love to help, but I don't know where anything is. I went from a stadium of 11,500 seats to one of over 50,000. Let me tell you how many just cement walls look exactly the same (laughs) when you're underneath that thing. Like it's all just massive. So my very first day I get there, we're doing, I'm kind of getting a loose tour of everything, meeting some people. just weird with COVID times because people still kind of aren't in the office and just very strange time to be starting a job, um, both timing to opening day and also just COVID stuff. So I have to go through, I am a tier two staff member, which means I have contact with the team and everything and get tested and, and, and um, have to abide by certain rules and things like that to keep everyone safe. And so I had to go through intake testing So I get a, like a nasal swab, rapid COVID test done. That's all good and everything. And then they were like, we're just going to do an antibody test just to see, you know, we have to, everyone that comes in, we just want to see kind of thing. And at that point I'd already had COVID and I had one, one vaccination shot, one Pfizer shot. So I am not a fan of needles at all, but I've, I've come a long way. I used to like cry and hyperventilate and this was well into my twenties, but (laughs) I'm doing better with that. I still don't like them, but like, I just kind of get a little stressed out. I don't look, I'm doing fine, you know, much better. So I get a finger prick test, just little finger prick test. And one of the trainers is there helping me. And he's like, "Uh, I'm just not, you're not bleeding very well, not getting enough blood out. Um, kind of squeezing my finger and everything. He's like, I don't want to do this, but I think we're going to have to do it again. And I was like, that's fine. That's fine. And so finger prick, you know, those like the needles in your arm really freaked me out, but finger prick don't love them, but they're fine. Um, so he's like, I'm so sorry. We're going to have to, we're going to try, have to try a different finger. It's just not working. Um, then I wake up on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) So never in my life have I ever passed out. Um, I just remember kind of feeling like getting two seconds of dizziness. And then I'm literally on the floor with one of my coworkers that I just met and our trainer that I just met. Um, and they're asking me where I am and what date it is and all those things. And I'm like, what in the world just happened? And they said, I was, I was dark for like 10 seconds. Um, no, like not, like I said, not, I've never passed out from needles before. I've never passed out in general. No idea what happened. They have to call the EMTs in. They then call in the EMTs are like, you know, we really would recommend that you go to the ER with us and just get checked out and make sure nothing's happening. And thankfully, our trainer was like, no, 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 we have a team doctor. So they call in the team doctor. I get checked out by the EMTs, get checked out by the doctors. This whole thing is happening on my very first day of work. Uh, When I haven't met anyone before, Um, the best thing that came out of it, though, was that I got the team doctor cell phone number now. So if I ever have a problem, I'm just I can shoot him a text and be like, hey, man. Uh, So I'm dealing with this issue. But so that was quite the introduction. Then when I actually like met the team and everything and the coaching staff and stuff, um, they were like, oh, we know who you are. You're the girl that passed out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. that makes me feel awesome um and then the that was the big occurrence but then two days later i'm trying to find my office which is just again a nightmare and i got locked in the stairwell and had to call the vp of communication and be like hi i'm in a nondescript stairwell and i don't know how to get out and i can't tell you where i am because i don't know how i got here and we've been okay since then but yeah few hiccups right there in the first couple days (laughs)
2: That is uh, one way to meet everybody. You got the team doctor. You got the VP of communication.
1: The lovely EMTs of Denver. Uh, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> Making all the contacts on the first week there.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the first, the goal after that was just to stay on both feet and to stay standing. And so there was no way but up from there. And I've done okay since then. We're,
2: we're trying to make it through opening day and you're just trying to not pass out. So it's it's been good. <laughs> So on top of all that, um, just the new stadium, new co-workers, all of that, um, the All-Star game also was pretty early on for you. What has the process been like for you from finding out it was coming there to um, just the behind the scenes of all the prep work and how much more has been put on your plate with getting the All-Star game and how much more stress has that added from just, again, the passing out and meeting people and just trying to learn a new organization to now you're getting an All-Star game too?
1: Yeah, that was, that happened within the first two or three weeks of me starting with Colorado. And so that was, I think it was towards the end of a week. It was announced that they were pulling the game from Atlanta and someone in our office was like, you know, there's a chance we might get it because we're supposed to get it in a few years. um, But we haven't heard anything. And that was like on a Friday, I think. And then by Sunday it was like, Oh, we're, I guess we're hosting the all-star game. Now we should be announcing this in a couple of days. So it was that quick of they pulled it from Atlanta. We had no idea that this was happening. And then a couple of days later, they said, oh yeah, so it's, it's you guys. Um, and we're going to go from there. So that was really kind of a crazy timeline to find out that it was coming. Obviously as a huge baseball fan myself, that's super exciting. Um, you know, that's definitely been on a bucket list to go to an all-star game and, not that I'll be able to drink a beer in the seats, but um to just be a part of that event will be really great. Oh
0: um <laughs> T- tell right, us you what, could... <laughs> what just happened there.
1: <laughs> my cat just walked across the screen and just plopped down on the table. So at least she's not like sitting on the computer trying to eat my headphones right now. But um, yeah, for anyone that knows me knows that I'm obsessed with my cat, Willie Mays and um she's just in the way all the time. So she just wanted to be on the podcast. She just wanted to be. Yeah. Here you go. Um, anyway, <laughs> so that was, that was really crazy to find that out and exciting. And in terms of getting ready for that, it's primarily a major league baseball event and they had already, because we were planning on hosting it a couple of years in the future, there were a lot of things that they had kind of loosely mapped out already. Um, For an all-star game, they usually take at least three years to plan it. And we have, we had three months now. Um, But some of those things of like, here's all the events we need to do. This is a good space for that. This is a good space for that had already been loosely planned because of those future plans. So we had that out of the way. Um, You know, in terms of what we're doing for the all-star game, unfortunately, because I am so new, there's just not a ton that I can, independently take care of, because if they're asking like, Hey, where can we put this? Or who do we talk to about this? Like, I just don't know those things yet. (laughs) You know, I just don't know. You know, I'm just kind of learning everything. So a lot of it has just has fallen on my boss, Corey Little, um, who's amazing. And he's kind of taken over that. And our VP, Jill Campbell has taken on a lot. And I've kind of just taken on, let's get our team through the day to day and handled a little bit more of the media relations and we'll kind of, um, be around and support that event. But a lot of the planning is falling on other people right now.
0: Yeah. So, so you're not necessarily as involved in the all-star game activities, but, um, Right. As far as kind of your day to day, you know, when you were here, you were here, there and everywhere on a game day when the team was away, you were still pretty actively involved with the player transactions, covering the game, all that kind of stuff. So how has that aspect of your job changed as far as the day to day when the team is in Colorado, when you have a home game or when the team is on the road? Kind of what do those two scenarios look like for you in your current role?
1: Yeah. And. Going back, I mean, a lot of the day-to-day is similar and it's doing game notes and transactions and everything. Um, you know, post-game notes, things like that. When the team is home, you know, I'm still at the ballpark pretty much every day. The difference is I'm not gone in the morning during a community event and we're, you know, kind of running around. It's just doing game notes. We have pre-game availability. You know, we'll take care of anything like that. It's just a lot more... You know, like Colin mentioned, usually we had Tommy Burchin in here. Every once in a while, we'd have Cubs bloggers or things like that. And sometimes the TV stations would come into Iowa. Now we've got four consistent beat writers, you know, local TV. Uh, there's just, a, you know, two different um, local Rockies blogs, things like that. So there's a lot more just day to day to set up. And that part has changed a lot because the first of the year there was absolutely no contact with players and coaches. So everything we were doing was via Zoom. Um, Typically our TV and radio would travel with us. A lot of the beat writers would travel and none of that was happening at the first of the year. So it was almost learning one job at the beginning of the year and being like, okay, how are we handling things now? And then how do things, how do we handle things in normal times? Because everything I learned on day one was very different than how things would normally be handled. So we're kind of in a middle transition where they've opened up some media field access. Um, So we're kind of in the middle, one foot in COVID times of we're still doing some Zooms and one foot into live media access where you know, someone like Tommy, our beat writer, can be on the field and just grab Charlie Blackman and say, hey, do you have a few minutes to talk? Rather than us trying to facilitate that, set up a phone call or a Zoom, Um, So a lot of the first of the year was just managing, okay, when can you talk? When can you talk? Are you able to do this? And just being that middle person. And it's a little bit less now, but it's, again, it's transitioning into almost a whole new job. So I'm kind of taking a few steps back in, it's a similar routine because I've worked in media relations, but now we're returning to quote, normal but I've never done normal here. So now it's like, okay, so normal is what is, so now what do I do kind of thing? Uh, so yeah, it's a lot of it is just very, very similar. And a lot of it is, is different. Um, and I know that doesn't give a very clear picture, but <laughs> that's kind of, that's kind of the, the view I have of it.
2: Cool. So going kind of more into a more broad picture um, of the department, you've kind of mentioned when you were here, it was your department. You were getting pulled a million different directions. Now you're part of, I believe, four or five different people branched under the communication department. Um, So not necessarily your specific role, um, but how does that dynamic work with roles for each person of like... um, you are taking care of game notes one day and then the next day you might be covering the game or traveling with the team. Um, do you have like one specific thing you do each day or does that kind of get divided among everybody and it's different each day?
1: Um, it gets a little bit divided. We're a three person full-time staff right now. Um, and again, still kind of transitioning into this job and learning day to day and things like that. Um, one of our, whatever full-time guys, Rob handles majority of the credentialing just it's easier for one person to handle that to make sure things get done um there are a couple little things that i handle right now for the most part day-to-day game wise just so you don't get stale and bored and everything we're rotating on almost a daily basis of okay do you want to do you want to do manager bud black and you know get him through all the things that he needs to do today do you want to post game are you writing post game notes, which is basically like a condensed game notes of things that happen in the game. Um, Do you want to read that? Do you want to host our Zooms? Or do you want to go grab guys? And one of us will do each of those tasks. And if you've been in the clubhouse, like getting who we need to on Zoom one day, then we'll transition and say, okay, you host Zooms this day, you do the post game notes kind of thing. And so we rotate quite a bit, um, which again, keeps it fresh and also we all know working in baseball, you have those days where it's just not, you're just not putting the pieces together and it lets you have those days where you can, you know, they're, they're very good here about understanding that you're a real person. And my boss has a baby at home and think, you know, that there is life outside of baseball. So sometimes you have those days where you're like, I just can't put it, I can't write post game notes today. My my brain is dead. I can't think things through, like I'll do this other job instead that takes a little less brain power. And we kind of rotate like that on a day-to-day basis, just based on
0: what we have going on. I mean, with the baseball season, finding a, a work life balance can be extremely difficult. So that's, that's nice to hear that they kind of value that. And that's, I'm sure helpful to you as you transition and your head spinning anyway, <laughs> trying to <Right. laughs> establish a new life there. And yep, yep. on top of that, trying to figure out how to do everything. Um, You you mentioned it already, but I kind of want to dig into it a little bit. One thing that you're doing there that you didn't necessarily do here much, if at all, I I guess I don't know the answer to that, but you travel with the team sometimes. Um, Now, for any of us that have never done that, traveled with the team, what does that look like? I mean, do you travel often? Are you traveling economy class? Are you traveling, you know, the the Ritz life? What does that look like for you? I'm way too much of a degenerate
1: to be living this lifestyle. It's definitely (laughs) very, but it's a very bizarre concept. Um, It'll equate to, I'll be about on 50% of the road trips. Um, I am home in Denver right now while the team is in Milwaukee. They just were in Seattle and I was on the last two road trips with them. That's just kind of how it worked out. So that part has been really fun, Um, especially the balance of like this week. I've really been able to take a step back. Um, and I'm still working on game notes and doing some stuff, but, you know, not really doing stuff in game. Don't have to do anything post game, not doing any facilitating any interviews because the people who are on the road with the team are handling that. So that's super nice. And then it's been fun to be on the road and see different cities and be in different ballparks and all of that stuff has been really exciting. Um, so we do fly on charter flights, which is (laughs) (laughs) which is fun um it's basically a normal airplane except you just like drive right up to the plane and they check your id and then you get on and they have snacks and drinks and you know all the things for you just fun um and we're we stay in very nice hotels um (laughs) which is bizarre for me yeah it's just kind of it's it's to be completely honest it's pretty fancy um and my mom says I'm getting spoiled, which maybe I am, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's been it's been fun. Um I've gotten to see some friends in different cities and that I haven't seen in a long time. And just, you know, again, with people coming to Denver, it's not a ton of quality time. I mean, I'm still working 10 to 12 hour days at the ballpark on the road and things like that, but I've been able to see some friends um my dad came on the road with us for a couple of days last time I was on the road, which is really, really fun. So things like that, there's, there's been a fun personal angle to it and just exciting as kind of a baseball fan who had aspirations to be in this place. It's been really exciting.
2: So you just mentioned it um, the next point we want to bring up, but just um, part of the travel, you went to Cincinnati and where your dad, former Iowa Cubs color broadcaster, your dad, <laughs> um, his favorite I'm
1: going to I mean, tell him you said that. So that's going to bring him so much joy. <laughs>
2: he's going to have to listen. I know. <laughs> but um, his favorite team, I feel like he's always listening or watching or maybe both to the Cincinnati Reds. So um, seeing that picture of you and him together there, um, I thought that was really cool. So. Can you just talk about, I guess, what that moment meant for you? And then also just being closer to family. Um, has your dad moved into your apartment yet in Colorado or how often? We're are they? There? We're,
1: yeah, we're close. Um, <laughs> both my parents, actually. Yeah, we're going to have to put some and I adore my parents. We might have to put us a boundary soon. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Cincinnati, my dad grew up about two hours outside of Cincinnati. Um, that's where he went to his very first major league game at Crosley Field, which is Has been gone forever. Uh, My dad's really old, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, but he went to his first game there. He took me to my very first major league baseball game at Great American Ballpark when I was twelve. So I grew up a Reds fan. He's always, you know, and he's loving. I don't know who's more excited about my career in baseball, me or my dad. I mean, he's (laughs) he's just always had so much fun with it. He always listened to Iowa Cubs on the radio every night, and simultaneously. Would watch or listen to the Reds game. Um, he's always had one on a game tracker where he could keep up and one on the radio and he switches back and forth. And so now he does the same thing with the Rockies. He's got the Reds game on and the Rockies game on. Um, I don't know how he keeps up. It seems very confusing, but he's very invested in both. Um, so I got to go on the trip with the team to Cincinnati and my dad spent a few days with his family in Southern Indiana and came over for two games in Cincinnati and got to meet me there. and. Um, he got set up with tickets, two rows behind the dugout. Um, Bud Black, who is the Rockies manager, who's the best guy in the entire world, made sure to say hi to him and you know say thanks for coming and just made him feel like the coolest person in the entire world. And <laughs> it was so sweet um, and just such a such a cool moment because I I don't remember everything about that first game. It was in 2005, I want to say. And, but I just remember being awestruck by the whole thing. You know, I had been to a triple A game before I'd been to some rookie league games, but never major league ballpark. And I was just so in awe of everything and thought it was so cool. And I don't remember the specific moment, but I guess at some point I just said, "Dad, this is like, we should try to go to all the major league ballparks. And he kind of said, well, okay, well, we'll try. Um, And so at that moment, like then we've kind of started this journey of going to every major league ballpark. And that's when I really got invested in baseball and started kind of my dream started to make it a career. And so it just kind of felt like uh, such a full circle moment to have him there and be in that working capacity. And he got to bring some childhood friends that he'd known for over 60 years and just had such a great time. And it was just such a special moment for me and for him and that, yeah, that was, I don't know if I'll ever beat that.
2: Yeah. I was like, I said that seeing that picture in the side by side of the flashback and now it was uh, it was really cool to see.
1: Yeah, I was 12 in that picture. I know I was going to say, I, I look, I was 12 in that picture. I look like I'm maybe six, but uh, yeah, not much taller than I now, than I was then.
0: <laughs> uh, so, so you're from out west, obviously, from Utah. Let's roll it back a little bit. So it's 2016. You've been, lived in Utah your whole life. Yep. You decide to take a job with the Iowa Cubs in the middle of Iowa, the middle, the heart of the Midwest. Probably not somewhere you spent a lot of time previously, if any. Had Never had been. Had never been. Took a job out here. I'm sure it's easy to say that. Little did you know, you'd spent five seasons here, five years. Um, I mean, you had a chance to really settle in, settle into your job, settle into your life. You said, you know, you lived in the same place. You have a bunch of friends here. Now that you've had a little bit of time in Colorado, um, away, what do you find yourself missing kind of looking back on from your time here in Des Moines?
1: Um, I mean, Des Moines was great. I always, my, kind of my, what I tell people is like, there's no reason to go to Des Moines on vacation. Like you're not going to put it on your bucket list, but if you Find yourself in Des Moines for whatever reason. Everyone that finds themselves there looks around and says, "Oh, this is that's pretty nice. Like it's a really good place to live." I would, I can't say enough good things about Des Moines. I think long term, um, I was looking to be in a little bit bigger of a city, but it was it was kind of one of those things where I looked around and said, "You know, there is a scenario where I could stay with the Iowa Cubs and stay here for the rest of my life." So you know, there's the fork in the road is which path I could take. And there was definitely a scenario where I could have stayed there and been very happy in Des Moines. Um, and you were right. So I never been to Iowa before, before I moved here, I moved here. I knew I was going to leave Utah because one, I wanted to, and two, the goal was baseball. And unless I got a job with the Salt Lake Bees, which wasn't really my, you know, if they had a job open, I probably would have taken it, but I knew I was going to have to move for work. Um, so it was kind of, I, I just didn't know Iowa was going to be that place <laughs> for me. <laughs> I did not, I didn't, did not know that. And still, I mean, I was there for five years and r- would run into, you know, not good friends, but people I knew down the line when I was home and they'd be like, how's, how's Idaho? And I'm like, no, I live in Iowa. And they're like, okay. So that's not Idaho. And I'm like, no, no, they're, they're different. Um, or because of the Cubs branding and they'd be like, so, oh my gosh, you live in Chicago. I love Chicago. I'm like, oh, no, I live in Iowa. <laughs> oh, okay. So, what, so where do you, what, how's Iowa? <laughs> it's, it's actually great. Thanks for asking. And um, so, a lot of confusion with Iowa. But the first time I ever got there was I started my job with the Iowa Cubs the very first week of January. Um, I was moving out of a college house, didn't have a ton of stuff at the time. And so, my mom flew out with me. We both had, two suitcases, like two large suitcases and a cat with us. And we, yeah, um, travel essentials. Let, let me tell you how traveling with a cat goes. It, it's not, not highly recommended. Um, so got to an empty apartment. I started work the next day. It was like negative nine with wind chill that whole week. And I thought I had made a huge mistake. I had never experienced cold like that in my entire life it was awful. Um, everyone kept saying, well, you're from Utah. You've dealt with cold. If you don't know this by now, Midwest cold and Utah cold are not the same colds. Like those (laughs) are very different definitions. Um, it was not the same. So that was very rough to get used to. Um, but yeah, didn't know a single person in Des Moines, um, was kind of, you know, slow, crazy transition, but also working in baseball that I was so busy that first summer, just trying to keep my head above water. Colin, if that sounds familiar, um, very, <laughs> yeah. <very. laughs> yeah, just, but I found such a great home in Des Moines and such a great little family, both with the Iowa Cubs and outside. And like Beth said, never, never thought I was going to be there for five years. If you would have told me, you know, 2015, early 2016, me, Hey, you're going to live in Iowa for five years. I'd say, mm. No, I don't think so. Yeah, no, that's not, that's not going to happen. But I would have never stayed so long if I wasn't one so happy there and two felt like I was learning so much every year. I mean, that was the best part about the Iowa Cubs and doing so many things for them is that each year I felt like, okay, let's reflect on that season. What could have gone better? What can we add? What can we do? And each year was so different in so many different ways. Um, And I learned something different and I just felt like that helped me so much in my professional career of all the things I got to do there. And that whole learning process that every year, every year I can say that I got something different out of it. And it was awesome, And I love the people there in Iowa. The Iowa nice is a real thing.
2: So you mentioned Bud Black, um, the Colorado Rockies manager a couple of times. And I think you know where this is going, but we want to flip the script a little bit and go to Iowa Cubs manager, Marty Peavy. Um, he has said that he missed you and hope you're doing well. Um, he also mentioned, I think, that you big leagued him and haven't uh, reached out to him since since the move. But, no, um, Marty's great. I was about
1: this in, in your podcast episode, which I did listen to. Um, it's not an isolated incident, I, I think. Justin who's record everyone can um it's never anything personal I just forget to text sometimes um <laughs> and I you know I just get distracted by shiny objects and I just I just forget and somehow it's the end of June and I don't know how that happened either so
2: somehow Marty's not on top of the list. I'm not sh- quite sure why that is <laughs> but um no, I, so just I guess to touch on favorite memories. I mean, you kind of just did of Des Moines, but uh, more clubhouse related. Whether it's Marty, um, your five years here with him, how that relationship developed, or any player uh, memories here in your time, just favorite memories, more clubhouse and um, player related.
1: Marty's um, the best in his own in his own way. We, I love Marty. Um, he always kept it interesting. You know, there was always you kind of knew what you were going to get with him and you kind of different didn't. Um, he always kept me laughing and he's someone who definitely became just a special person to me. Um, I know that he definitely cared about me and respected me and just always treated me really, really well. And, you know, that, that meant a lot to me as, as a female coming into the clubhouse, you know, sometimes I felt like I had to earn that respect or work a little harder for that um, and he always treated me very very well and I miss dealing with him every day because it was <laughs> it was fun you know he always had stories to tell he always had some weird catchphrases and things that you'd kind of make you think twice about but um, always kept it interesting. Um, I think overall the best part about working in AAA is when guys get called up and you see people accomplish their dreams. And I think that's probably across the board. Of most people will say that. Of it's just so fun to watch people develop. You know, I was there for 2016 or opening day roster had Wilson Contreras, Albert Almora, Pierce Johnson, Daniel Vogelback, like those guys making their AAA debuts. Um, I just Vogelback was just in town with Milwaukee and Colorado. And I've seen Pierce Johnson a couple of times, who's just doing great things for the Padres right now. And, you know, i more with all he's done and Contreras with all he's done. And so now I'm kind of getting that second step of that, of seeing all those guys. And it's kind of fun now to then run into those people at the big leagues and be like, oh, we both like, we both made it. This is really exciting. Um, but that, you know, that whole development process is really fun and you just, the pressure at the minor leagues is a little bit different. You know, I think individually there's pressure to succeed and to do well and to move up, but also there's not as much pressure to win. You know, it's, it's celebrated when a guy has a three hit game because he's developing as a prospect. And of course it's more fun to win and everyone's more happy but it's just a little bit different focus. There's not so much of a microscope on everything and it's not so intense all the time. Um, And I think that's something that's great about the minor leagues. And as a fan, you get to get a little bit closer to the action. And I think that's something that's very valuable too.
2: Yeah, I've uh, definitely learned this year. It's always a new day with Marty. There's been a few times I've been glad that I was wearing a mask. When he said something, I didn't quite know what he was saying or how to react. And uh, he's had to explain a few, like you said, of his interesting sayings to me. So that's that's been great. Yeah, but, a
1: couple blank stares when it comes to Marty. And that's not, you know, <laughs> just uh, he just has his own way of saying things.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, so last thing I want to bring up here is, as you said, Um, When you found yourself in Iowa, I was doing the same thing in 2019 when luckily you hired me. Um, Part of that process in 2019 of the interview process was, I think, your go-to question of what's your walk-up song. And so I'm still not sure I have an answer. I don't know what I said in 2019. I don't know what it would be now. Um, But if you had to pick your walk-up song, what would your walk-up song be? And has that changed going from Iowa to Denver? Is there a different... uh, perspective there
1: um uh, mine's been pretty much the same for a while mine would be old thing back there's a little instrumental part at the first time that I think would I like those songs that you know like Hayward and Rizzo if you know those ones that kind of get people moving and get into it a little bit Um, you would not be able to play that whole song so if you have (laughs) little ears don't listen to the whole thing but (laughs) it's got a great instrumental at the first of it so I think that would be that would be my wake-up song
2: as with many of our walk-up songs, we have to find the clean version of the song. So, <laughs> Justin will be practicing that. He can do that for you.
0: <laughs> Colin, you really don't have a walk-up song that you would...
2: I don't think so. You I just I blacked just always, out during your interview? Yeah, I, I don't even... I, do you remember what I said? I, I mean, you asked it to probably everybody, so... I'm going to
1: be honest. Speaking of that, like, I don't, I don't remember a single second of my Iowa Cubs interview process. Like, I don't know how I got that job because I have no idea what I said. Um, I was so nervous. I remember going through two ways of interviews. One was with Randy and then one was like Randy, um, Nate Toit, who is our formal, former assistant GM. I remember Mr. Gartner being there. I don't know if Sam was on that call or not. I have no idea what happened. I blocked out the whole thing and then they offered me a job. So I don't know if that says something about me or them or what, but definitely don't remember any of that interview process.
0: Well, you must have said something right because you just named all of the top people in the organization. So, you're you're not going to get much past them. If, you, right. if they were okay with you then, then you obviously said something right or else you wouldn't have been in your five. I guess who know, maybe Randy remembers. I don't know. <laughs> he does have a good memory. We'll have to ask him. We'll report back. He does.
2: Yeah, um I'm I think I had a similar process. I don't remember anything. Um <laughs> Same thing. I don't know quite how I ended up here, but I'm very thankful that I did. So thank you again for that. Um, but yeah, I don't know my walk up song. I don't know what it would be. Um, I, I listen to so much variety in music, and it's always changing. That I would probably be one of those players that is changing it every home stand, which we have that. I'm um, gonna say there's a
1: couple that come to the top of my head. That like, Really. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's always getting changed. If you're in a slump, it's getting changed. If you're hot, it might stay, but they might change like the time frame of when it starts and there's a lot to it. So I still do not have that for you, but thank you for having yours.
0: That's, that's your homework. Figure it out.
2: All right. I'll work on it.
0: Everyone's got homework after this podcast episode now. Yeah. Right. Well, Shelby, we don't want to take up too much of your time. We want to be respectful of that um, I'm sure we could talk about this stuff all day, go down memory lane, talk about everything that's going on, stories of of what's happened. There's been a crazy couple of years here, but um, thank you for taking time to catch up with us and and giving the listeners really an insight. I mean, our fans know who you are. Um, You've been a big part of the organization. When you left, it was emotional for everybody in the organization. I know we put out a release and it got a really great response from fans and media members and things like that. So you were definitely a part of the fabric of this organization for a handful of years. So thank you for taking the time, telling us a little bit about what it's like in the big leagues, not forgetting about us here in Iowa, in the minor leagues. Uh, We, we really appreciate it. Thank you. It's so great to talk to you guys.
1: And thank you for inviting me on. It's fun to be on kind of both, both ends of this podcast and to see where you guys have taken it and how it's grown over the last few months has been really
0: fun yeah it's it's been a lot of fun and, and you are here, here right at the beginning of it hosting co-hosting and now you're a guest so again another full circle moment for you and your career well that's all we've got today for unwritten rules be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform check us out on iowacubs.com um, with colin i'm beth thank you for listening and we'll catch everyone next time